0: You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases with no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. All right. I am in Sicily and it is very beautiful. (laughs) There are no words to describe travel and what it does to folks. So this episode is really special to me. My first trip out of the country, I was 13 years old and my mom sent me to Paris for a student exchange program. And I cried every single day. But from then on, I have never been the same. So travel is really important to me. And that's why I plan travel celebrations because it's just so amazing to take people across the world and see their eyes light up. Also, I think you get a little bit more bang for your buck when you go across the water. (laughs) So I am at the Engage Summits, the Belmont Sicily Experience. So I'm staying right now at the Belmont Villa Sant'Andrea, and it's overlooking the water. It's absolutely exceptional. Like my doors open up and the ocean is right there. And later today, I'm going to go up to the Grand Hotel Timeo to visit with our expert for the show today. And you're going to hear a change in our sound because they've offered me their ballroom to record the episode in which I was like, "Um, okay, clutch is pearls. Thank you. Um, But at the same time, the sound is just going to be quite different than what you're hearing now. So, Just hold on tight and bear with us. But this episode, I'm hopeful, will give you some insight on what it's like to plan a destination wedding, no matter where you're going. But some of our favorite destinations are definitely in Italy, and I know everyone's on this White Lotus vibe right now. So Sicily has become a hot destination if you want to come here. But Tuscany, Florence, Rome, Milan, Venice, they're all absolutely lovely. And I can't forget about Lake Como. But I hope this episode you find some gems to help coordinate your big day, or even if you're not thinking of taking a whole bunch of guests there, an elopement here is lovely. And also just consider making a destination out of your honeymoon. All right, let's get into this week's episode. I want to introduce you to Kim Hawkins, an actual Betches Bride fan who is actively planning their wedding. It's my goal to help guide them through the process with practical tips and expert insights. Kim, how are you? I'm so good. I am so excited about this. You know that already, but I'm pumped. (laughs) Kim, we're beyond excited. And there are so many people that reached out about Italy weddings when I put the call out. So I'm so grateful you're available and we're able to make this happen. So thank you and congratulations on having an Italian wedding. Kudos to you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll dig deep into how much of a kudos you want here, but tell us a little bit more about when your wedding is and what you're planning right now.
1: Yes. So Shah Rukh is my fiance. We are getting married September 26th through the 28th, uh, in Tuscany, specifically in the Volterra, um, area at Villa di Ulignano probably butchering that but um yeah it's about 85 people and yeah we just wanted to make sure it was enough to have a party but not the my fiance's Pakistani not the you know big wedding that's 400 500 people that was not an in interest to us
0: interesting and why did you pick Italy because I'm like if he's Pakistani why not well, if it was in Pakistan, it'd probably be like a thousand people. But why? Right. not another destination? <laughs> why did Italy hit your list?
1: So it's actually kind of funny. My fiance's brother is in the Air Force and he's based in Pisa. And so when we were looking at you know, the calendar and trying to figure out the day, it wasn't really working out where he was going to be able to come back to the states. And so I kind of just looked at Shah Rukh and was like, well, if it was my little brother, I would move it wherever he was. So Aww. in true little yeah, <laughs> well, it's sweet, except for in true little brother fashion, he still may not actually be able what? to come because they're moving his base. So we did plan <gasps> our wedding in Italy for this kid. And he still may not be, I mean, it is like classic little brother. Yeah. So that was that's kind of how it started. And then we fell in love with it and it just one thing after
0: so. All right. So you move the wedding for the brother. He may not be able to come, but you're still moving forward. You're still happy with your decision. How did you find the venue?
1: So I started with one planner that just was not working. And we can talk about that later if you want or whatever. We can talk but.
0: about it now because I've heard a, a lot of people <laughs> have been in my DMs t- talking about they started with one planner. They moved on to another one. Tell yeah. me what happened. Yeah. So it was wild. <laughs> this woman, I had just kind
1: of found her through, you know, research. And I, when I research, I really research. And so I was like, oh, she seems okay. Like she's within budget, whatever. No, this woman, and it's tricky because there's a couple of different pieces to it. On one hand, part of the reason why conversations have been difficult and like reaching planners has been difficult is because. They're just so backed up from COVID weddings. So they took on too many weddings and they can't really like talk to as many people as they, or talk to people the way that they should be able to as, you know, with us being the clients. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it though, is because it just culturally, culturally Italians are a lot more like, oh, we'll get
0: there. You know, it's that like, oh, it'll, it'll work out and it's fine. No one has response time like America's like it's it's not this like we have an expectation that everyone should respond within at least 72 hours. I don't understand what the delay is here, but there's no other place in the world that responds like that. So when we step outside of the, our borders we're like I don't understand what's taking so long. And they're they're saying, "Why are y'all moving so fast?" Like oh, she literally <laughs> said like, "Oh, you're a very anxious bride."
1: I was like, "Okay. Woo. All right. <laughs> Thank you." <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's kind of what led to that. Just this isn't working. And that was a difficult conversation, but it is. And it wasn't even a conversation because you can't reach her. It was an email. Love that.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) but did you, so was she an Italian based event planner? Yes. Okay. So you intentionally made the decision to try and work with someone in Italy and like. (laughs) Great. Okay. That went sideways real fast. Okay. (laughs) Did you try to work with an American planner that you think had experience there?
1: No. And the reason why was there was something about someone either being based in Italy or having that deep, deep, deep knowledge that we Mm -hmm. really wanted to make sure we had. Didn't want the classic American wedding Mm -hmm. because we knew, like, okay, well, we've got, I'm black. So, like, we had my culture pulling in. We had his vaccine and getting pulled in. And then the fact that it was in Italy, we wanted to make sure all the different cultures were somehow represented. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going with Lucy White from Wisco and White. She's phenomenal. She's actually British. And so what ended up happening there was because of her culture, she was able to kind of like, you know, toe the line of, yeah, okay, well, we're dealing with Americans here. So if they need that three-day <laughs> timeline. <laughs> but she um she's phenomenal and That's just good. her work is beautiful. she responds in a, in a normal manner. she's already booking for 25 20 weddings like yes yeah. she's incredible. It's so
0: good. love. well, and also just for those listening, it's also as a planner who does destination, it's important for us to have communication with partners who are on the ground. so it's like when folks hire me for any destination event, my first call is generally to another planner or to another company that's based in the place where we're going to see how we can liaise because also your price point is sometimes generally different when you send your own increase out. And then if you don't have an Italian person or a French person or a person from that's local to the culture, you sometimes end up getting a different price than you would if you had if you're reaching out on yourself on your own. So just a pro tip. Like if you're really thinking of a destination wedding, try to find someone who is either in that culture or If you definitely want to work with an American planner that can give you that response time, make sure that they are partnering with someone that is local so that you can really get the best of both worlds. Like the efficiency of an American planner meets the local and cultural aesthetic that you need from someone that's on boots on the ground, essentially. And so now you found this great planner, but you have your old venue that you got from your old planner. And so you're happy with the venue. Did you do site visits before you sign on the dotted line? No, (gasps) no. You signed sight unseen? I did. I did. And honestly, I am
1: so type A and I felt like an actual psychopath because I was like, this is (laughs) not even like your personality. What? And I was like trying to be that chill bride. I was like, I will not be a bridezilla. Okay, whatever. I don't even care. It just was, it was insane. And I was so stressed that we bought tickets last second in December and flew over there so I could see the villa because I needed to make sure it was actually there.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you signed on it. You pay the deposit. Was it cheaper than an American option? Um. Do you think you got some bang for your buck? Okay.
1: So this is what I tell people, because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, it's so much cheaper. But the thing is, is if you do it in Italy, you're not going to do just like your basic like rehearsal dinner and wedding. You're always going to have an, at least one other day. And so the cost can actually still add up. But I do think you get more bang for your buck because of things like um decor. You don't have to spend that much in decor because like the the place is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the venues are all beautiful,
0: the area is beautiful, the land is beautiful. So you could clip some greenery from a local garden, pop it in, in a little vase and you've got decor. But like. literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for real.
1: And so it's like that, or like the food. Like you don't have to worry about, oh, do I have to get the best catering? Because Italian food aren't. is great. It's a yeah, it's just incredible. So um, yeah, I, I say you get more bang for your buck, but you're still gonna end up spending kind of close-ish, maybe a little less, depending on how many people you invite that you would here in the States.
0: Okay, so you would say your unexpected savings were definitely decor, food and beverage. Were there did you get accommodations through your venue? So I have accommodations for our bridal party and
1: our parents. Um, and we just, because we're, we were paying for the venue, we sort of just told everyone like, don't even like that's kind of like part of our gift to them is oh, you have to nice. pay for lodging. Yeah.
0: But for everyone else, they're on their own. <laughs> no, <laughs> Talk to I mean me about how on, on their own they are. Yeah. Not do? really
1: that it's not really that on their own because otherwise <laughs> it'd be a lot less stressful. Um, <laughs> So basically, it's actually funny. There was a Betches Brides episode from long ago, and I can't even remember who the guest was, but she was saying how you have to really be sure to take into consideration your guest experiences. And Mm -hmm. so when it came to planning this wedding, I was like, always telling Sherrick, I was like, we've got to make sure the guests have a good time. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's our wedding. I'm like, no, it matters. Betches Bride said so. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, <laughs> when it came to lodging, it was a little tricky, um, and that's again like Lucy, Wisco, and White—they're incredible. And so she kind of gave me a list of hotels that people have stayed in in the past that have stayed at this venue. But even that's been a little tricky, just because people were, you know, in the American way—they were wanting to book their vacations and plan. But when they were going to book their hotels because it was like kind of in the deep countryside of Tuscany, they weren't even open to taking reservations. And this was just in March, the weddings in September. So Mm. that's been um, a big thorn in my side
0: for sure. Yeah. And I think, and again, to those listening, it's like that's something you're definitely going to expect. Like if you're planning a destination wedding, everything is going to move a lot slower. Things are not going to be as available as we are. And And even to the sake of hotel blocks, Even in the States, a lot of times I can't get a hotel block until nine months out. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, if I'm, I think that's like you're saying, guest experience is 100% important. And it's really just over communicating those troubleshooting things. (laughs) So it's like, if you're going to take the leap and say, I am planning this destination wedding, work with a partner that can really spell out and say, these are those miscellaneous bank holidays that you will never know about, but they will be closed this is when they go on summer break. Expect no response for a month. Like it's having those nuances that you would have no concept about or is invaluable. Did you, did you get that with your planner? Do you think, or did you have to Google or did you kind of learn from your mistakes a bit?
1: No, I, she, Lucy came through, she kind of just gave me a list. And the, the only tricky thing there was that the hotels that she gave me, and again, it's in the countryside, The quality of the hotel Mm. for Tuscany was like, it's fine. But knowing that we've got these Americans coming over, that they see it as if we're going to spend all this money to fly over, we need like, you know, four-star, five-star quality hotels. That was tricky. So then it was like trying not to be offensive, but also say like, Actually, I kind of need something a little bit better to offer them. Mm-hmm. Um so that would say that was difficult. And then it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll just give them a list of I think it's like five hotels and people can kind of
0: choose where they want to adventure. go. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And then I picked two of the hotels and said, these are the pickup locations for um the bus.
0: Okay. And that's I think that's super smart. And that's a, what we've been doing a lot of times. Just since COVID, it's been really hard to get to secure room blocks. And a lot of hotels are just, some of them like phased out entirely just because of literally making up that revenue from COVID. So a lot of times we're just creating, especially in some of these obscure places (laughs) that are just like, "Ah, I'm going to let this person really choose their own adventure because of, I don't know what their economics are. I don't know if they want a low grade, a mid tier or a high level. So I'm going to put one of each on the, on the hotel and let people choose their own thing. And having that wedding website is really key to making sure you're communicating that. Did you guys create a website immediately? Did you do one later towards the end? Or do you have one? Talk to me. We
1: (laughs) we do have one. We do have one. I will say this. I underestimated the need for the website. So what I did right off the bat from getting engaged was I scheduled, you know, our engagement session. We had these beautiful pictures taken and like had to save the dates, made all of that. And then I realized, oh, I can't actually like send this out without this website being ready because mm-hmm. the first thing people are going to want to do is book gonna their room. want to book their room. Yep. And so I had all of that done back in like, we got engaged last May. We had it all done in like June, like end of June. I didn't have that website ready until November. Like <gasps> it was, it was bad. Like I'm labor
0: that, of love. Yeah.
1: It really, <laughs> it took forever. That took forever, but no, it's good now. It's, it's good. And a lot of people have said it's been really helpful because it just sort of answers yeah. all the questions for them. So it, I don't think you can have a destination wedding without, without the website.
0: Well, you can, but you're, you're going to get a lot of phone calls and you're going to get a lot of text messages and you're going to get a lot of email. So it's, and I think there's a world in which over communication is key with destination weddings because mm-hmm. everyone's gonna get some information and other people are gonna not read it and then they're gonna get it again. So it's like if you keep reiterating it and keep telling them it, it's 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 kind of like being a social media person. And there are so many apps out there too that people can use to see that schedule and have it on their phone. So there's so many there's so many accessible ways to communicate to your guests now through technology. To get people to the website, did you use an electronic save the date? Did you send paper save the date? God save us with the USPS. But how did you send correspondence (laughs) to your guests? We did send paper save the dates, but we
1: also had QR codes in them. And so in the QR, yes, yeah. So that was able like we were able to kind of link it to the website and then also have it where just the basic like, do you think you like scale of one to five. Was the likelihood you're going to be able to make this wedding? Mm-hmm. And then that way we were able to kind of, some people, because also people are funny because they don't want to tell, wanna tell more, you. That, that now. <laughs> I know, I know. They don't want to tell you that they can't come to the wedding. So they'll just sort of say, yeah, yeah. But they really do want to come. Like, I don't think that the, it's a matter of they don't want to come. They just don't want to disappoint you. But then they Agreed. don't realize, no, if we're only inviting 85 people, the sooner you can say you can't come, the faster we can look to somebody else on our B-list. Yep. Yep. And so doing that QR code kind of eliminated the what they perceived as going to be an awkward conversation mm-hmm. so that they could just sort of like shoot us straight and be like,
0: yeah, it's a one.
1: We're definitely not going to be able to make that,
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, and I think pro tip for, for me is always, I tell my couples, the moment we get a venue, I know you're super excited to send the save the date. But do not send that save the date until you have the website build out and you're able to track responses immediately. That save the date should be the first time people are able to say, I am coming or I am not coming because A-B lists will get super messy, especially for a destination. No, A-B lists will get messy for anyone because mm-hmm. <laughs> some people might say they, oh, I, I, uh, I might come. I might. You never want anyone to change that response. So you need those definite no's from the jump. And so that way you can scratch them off entirely from that save the date mode. So good call on that. Were there any issues in correspondence that you ran into or things that you are like, mm, I could have done that a little bit differently.
1: I think just giving people more time, but again, um, it, it didn't really matter because those hotels weren't ready. True. Story. So even once the website was good and the save the dates were out, people were going to book and it still wasn't, they couldn't, I mean, mm. and, we had a meeting with Shah Rukh's family this past weekend to like go through, you know, because then you've got, you know, aunts and uncles or grandparents who haven't traveled before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot on my side too, who haven't gone to Italy. So they don't know like, you know, how they're, what what are we doing with how exactly are we going to make mm-hmm. sure that we, we get there. Um, and in that meeting, they're like, wait, I, I tried to book and it's not booking. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that gets really tricky too, because then it's like, well, I can't, on my end, I can't do anything about that. So yeah. Uh,
0: and I yeah. think just it, not that you can do it again, but just ultimately when you have those issues or when things are unable to book, it's creating even like this wedding is kind of like a business and that you have to market it and you're going to have to send you go, emails. And so get you a little flow desk or a MailChimp and create your emails where you're sending people monthly updates of like, Hey guys, I know the hotel books are still not available. We will let you know the moment that they are, and then it's like the moment that they are, you send another email wave to everybody to say, "Hey guys, here's a link to the website again. Get your get your rooms booked now. The link is open. Yada yada yada." So it's with a destination wedding, there's a lot more over communication, and it's that's why it's so great to work with a planning partner who can really help you do that, or really delegate that to someone on your in your family. If you're like, I really can't afford a wedding planner, you need to outsource comms to somebody who's (laughs) great at that. Like just like when you were having your family meetings and everyone's like, I want to help, I want to help with the wedding, what can I do? Okay, you're in charge of comms. Every time I have an update, you send it to the guest list. You're in charge of managing the guest list. Like delegate those details, especially for a destination wedding because it will drive you insane. Generation Tux understands that coordinating suit and tux looks for your wedding party can be overwhelming. That's why they make it easy, convenient, and stress-free with online suit and tux rentals that allow you to do everything online from the comfort of your own home. Generation Tux specializes in high-quality men's formal wear rentals starting at 149 $149 and award-winning five-star customer service. You can choose from 25 styles of suits and tuxedos and thousands of accessory color combinations. Test drive your wedding looks with a free home try-on and swatches for color matching your wedding hues. When you rent with Generation Tux, you'll experience a fully online platform with a guaranteed fit algorithm. They basically make coordinating your wedding party's rentals a breeze with groomsmen management tools. Best of all, you and your wedding party will receive round-trip shipping with head-to-toe looks delivered 14 days in advance. And you can try Generation Tux for yourself by visiting generationtux.com. Build your head-to-toe looks, get free swatches, a free home try-on, and manage your entire wedding party online. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. Whenever I'm working with a new couple, the first thing I tell them is, do not walk run, make sure that your registry is with Zola, go do it now, period. But little did I know, Zola can help you plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. They're way more than a registry. So they've got free planning tools like a customizable checklist. You can do websites. You can find venues and vendor discovery. Like there's there's so many things that are accessible on Zola. So everything on Zola is designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible and with invites that are fun to create. And of course, my favorite, the wedding registry, packed with gifts you actually want. Zola can take you basically from save our date to thank you so much without even breaking a sweat. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go. Game changer. Zola makes wedding planning easy and stress-free. They're the first and only stop you need to make on your wedding planning journey. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to, I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Zola will give you expert guidance and unparalleled support. Their wedding pros are on call to walk couples from question to answer anytime. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. You said some of your family had never traveled this far before? How'd you convince them to go? (laughs) Mm, Yes.
1: So, uh, really, what it is? So, my dad's side of the family—I love them so much. They're also just the funniest, like New Yorkers. I mean, I just—I cannot wait, even just to be around all of them again. Um, But some of them didn't have passports, and so my dad, like he. He basically just sort of told them, "Kimmy's getting married, y'all need to be there, and it's in Italy, so figure it out." And so they're all like aligned and going, but I am having to kind of make sure. Okay, you don't actually just get on a Delta pl- like flight and get there. You actually have to have that passport. You've got to make sure that if you already have a passport, that it's not going to you know be expired um, by the time we get there. And it, it's a lot, and so I would say, like even to the. To the point of just over communicating when you have people who haven't really traveled internationally or just haven't been to Europe or whatever the case may be, it it's that much more over communicating. Almost to the point where, for me, I'm always like, oh, but I don't, I don't really want to offend you. I don't want to like make it sound yeah. like you know talking down or whatever. But it's so if you want people there, if there are certain people you want there, it, that over communicating is like crucial.
0: I agree. And I mean, ultimately, I definitely want to explore travel agencies and things like that with the expert that we're going to bring on and like how to navigate Italy and all of that stuff. But how did you help them uh, get to the plane ticket? And did you did you help them yourself figure this out of how to get there? Or did you outline something to communicate how to do it when it came to booking travel?
1: So for them specifically, what I did is I have, one of my uncles is like very well-traveled. So I just worked with him so that he had all the information. And okay. that is one area that I did outsource.
0: Delegate,
1: so he had, Yes. 100%. 100%. So that is what I did there. Um, but then for everybody else, for like that quick communication, I actually just made everybody like kind of I added somebody from every couple on my Instagram close friends list. And I've okay. been like just doing it that way, which is kind of like random and bootstrappy, but it works. It's been working. So yeah.
0: And I think that's it's you find your way of communicating to the masses that you think is the easiest and the quickest for you, because that will allow you to actually do it. And it'll be easier for people to digest and they can reference it and go back. So it's I think if there's anything about this conversation we're having, it's with a destination wedding, It's there's just a lot of comms. And there's a lot of ways and different ways to get information to people. It's finding the cons- a cons- consistent way to get that information to people so they know where to reference and go back to it. And it's not like, I'm going to send you a text message one day, I'm going to send you an email this day, and then I'm going to send you this link this way. It's like, stay consistent, whether that's through a Facebook group or whether it's through a WhatsApp channel. Like, pick your avenue, stay true to it so that way people can reference it cuz they're not going to read it all the time and they're going to have to come back and be like what. So <laughs> yep, Yeah. <laughs> but another another question I really am intrigued about is you were planning a Pakistani, so technically a Muslim and a Christian wedding. Yep. In Italy. Yep. <laughs> vendor selection. And I know you're working with a planner, but Were there some vendors that you decided to you wanted to fly over, or did you say I want to use every vendor that's local?
1: Yeah. So we, the only vendor that is we have flying over is our videographer, and then our photographer. I guess technically is because he's based in the UK. But as far as like the cultural pieces of it go, that's one thing we we just loved about Lucy. But she was able to pull in all the different pieces and make sure that it's just this beautiful wedding. So it doesn't seem like wait. Guys, kind of cut and paste it here, cut and paste it there. It just she pulls it all together so well. There's this platform called La Lista that Lucy actually started, but it's all these vendors in Italy, every region, um, and that has been like a saving grace as far as just getting to go through and say, okay, we need catering. You know, you go to the catering, you click the region, and it's got this whole list of places you you know you could just reach out to get their pricing, etc. So that part was um it wasn't too difficult too tricky. yeah the only thing that was difficult i think about us having this like multicultural interfaith wedding mm-hmm. was the ceremony situation okay and so because most You know, churches in Italy are cathedrals and they're Catholic. So you have to be Catholic. So it's like, man, we've got two religions here. And And they're not Catholic. And and they're not Catholic. So, (laughs) all right. (laughs) You know, and so trying to figure that piece of it out. So we're actually getting married at San Galgano Abbey, which is a deconsecrated abbey that is actually like that town's town hall. So instead of having a pastor and an imam, like, officiating this wedding, it's actually going to be that town's mayor because it's the town hall. So it kind of like scratches out all of the, you know, wait, why is it more Christian or why is it more Muslim Mm. from like the families? And so it's, it just becomes like a really safe space for everyone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I also tell all of my destination couples get married before you go, because you want your paperwork also in the state of which you live. So you're able to access it. And I've like I've also done a divorced couple's wedding in Venice and they were like they were so adamant on getting married in a church. But I was like, baby, the way that you can't is so that you can't like you really can't. The Catholics are saying it's a hard no. So we're always looking for those. It's, it's a deconsecrated spaces yeah. that you can just go in and do your own thing. And that's where you can have friends marry you. You can figure out a other person if you don't want the mayor, if you don't want, it's like, so when you're researching spaces and places to have a wedding, make sure they accommodate your faith or allow for you to have someone outside of your faith, but definitely, or basically non-ceremonial ceremonies. Like a lot of times we've just done the wedding at the venue where we're having the wedding and a friend mm-hmm. is doing it or bringing in a, an officiant from the country that speaks English. So make sure you're asking those questions about, the venue where you're getting married and make sure you just go to the courthouse. And Kim, I know you guys got married already too.
1: No, we haven't gotten married yet. Oh. No. What? Cause it has to be in Atlanta or in Georgia. You have to get married a month before you actually do all okay. the things. So, um, no, I think you're thinking of our engagement ceremony, which oh, my bad. My bad. looked like a wedding. <laughs> it looked like so a wedding. <laughs> it looked, it did look like one, um, it's incredible, <laughs> but, um, no, so it's, it is tricky though, because you do have to get married stateside. Um, so we'll do that in August before we go, but because our Abbey is the town hall, we still have to get married and, and we didn't know this, we still have to get married in Italy. So we actually have to get there a week early and stay in Rome to do the paperwork and do all the meetings and stuff in Rome for this to even be like legal. legal. And so we didn't, we weren't aware of that (laughs) and that, that kind of sucked. And then on top of that, if for those meetings, they don't give you a day until two weeks out. (gasps) So you have to, yeah. And all this is really tricky. So make sure you are aware and have like yeah an all-star uh, planner because we wouldn't have known this with the first planner. So we have to go early and we have to um, get there like on September 19th. Mm-hmm. And the meeting can either be the 19th, 20, 21st. And then because the Abbey is actually the town hall, in addition to the Roman paperwork, we also have to do paperwork in that town, so Ooh. it's a, it actually is a lot. And I think if we had realized all this upfront before sending any money, we probably would have just gotten done the ceremony at the villa because the villa is beautiful. But you know, I sent money, are. and here we are. And here you so. are.
0: Okay. So yeah. pro tip, ask more questions, make sure yes. you know everything that's happening before you send some money. 100%. Thank you. Kim, we appreciate you for being our, our gopher there and going down the trail before us. So thank you for, your, <laughs> that, for that expert advice. And I want to talk now a little bit more about some other things you learned along the way. Like, I know you guys are both foodies and you really enjoyed dinner, but I want to highlight like when you're in Italy or when you're in other parts of the world, Food is also appreciated as much as we appreciate it here. But for our reception, when we're so focused on where is a dance party, their focus is on sitting down and eating for a long time. How did you yes. navigate your run of show for that?
1: Well, OK, so I said before, we really wanted to make sure that our guests had an incredible experience. I will say that was one area we kind of didn't care because we're such foodies, we were like, as long as this is like the most beautiful dinner party you have ever seen, we're good. So it is going to be about like a two hour dinner. And that's like culturally normal. Normal. It it is for for them. And so um, for us, we were like, yeah, that's great. Um, But kind of just figuring out, okay, how do we make sure that our guests are still okay? So we've got like a couple of little surprises that are going to happen um, during the dinner. So I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anyone because they're going to be
0: listening to this. Yes, yeah. surprise and delight, folks. But yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. I think if you don't want to have that two-hour dinner, and this is this is me just telling you what to expect when you're outside of the U.S., just make sure you're asking about food service and what the expectations are, because sometimes dinner is later, and they're so make sure you understand timing of your day when you're working with a venue. And when you're working with a catering partner, ask about how long does food service take? In the States, we run a wedding dinner for an hour and a half. So like kind of max. (laughs) And so two hours is really eating into a reception. But normally in these European countries, they're dancing until like 5 a.m. In the States, I only have a four hour reception, maybe a five one if I'm getting saucy. So it's like really understand what the run of show is culturally when you're walking into an experience like this. Is your is your dancing? Are you super excited about that? Is you got a good DJ? How's that working?
1: Oh, it's an incredible DJ. Really excited about it. Um, yeah, it's gonna we kind of were like, oh, make it feel like a club. And so Lucy was like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Lucy was like, let me handle it. And his name's Daniel. And he was like, Oh, I got it, I got it. So it, yeah, we're really excited. And that was the part that Rukh was also very excited about. Um, so it should be good. We're really excited.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. So I know you have some guest experience questions um, and talk to me a little bit more about what you're, what you're looking to kind of gauge on for that. Yeah.
1: Our biggest questions are really around like the travel of it all. So like mm-hmm. getting guests from the States to Italy, but then once they get to Italy, getting them to the villa, because it really is like in Tuscany, it's just Farmland. Now it's the most beautiful farmland you'll ever see, but Mm -hmm. it is, you know, there's no Uber. There's no like real taxis taking you out there. So now you've got to figure out, okay, these people are going to have to run a car and drive. You know, all all of that Mm
2: -hmm. has been
1: a headache and a half. So those are kind of like the main, main issues that and Mm -hmm. then traveling with money. Yeah. Because we, a lot of our vendors, you have to pay in cash.
0: And when you're thinking of also your guest experience, are you doing excursions or activities or putting some options on? Or are you thinking about it? Because I we have an expert that I think is perfect to talk through basically your guest experience, how to really maximize that traveling and getting people to Italy once they get here, kind of how do you even maximize that guest experience from a hotel to hospitality standpoint? And we can definitely dig a little bit deeper into that Money, honey. So let me bring on our expert and I think they'll be able to answer a lot more of these questions for you. Great. Thank you. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. At $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N U U L Y dot com. That's newly with two Us and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's nuul ycom Newly with two Us with code Brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Nadri knows it's important to find the perfect finishing touch for your wedding day. Even if you've already spent most of your budget on the dress, the venue, etc. I mean, you deserve a little sparkle. So that's why Nadri creates the most stunning, highest quality fashion jewelry with show-stopping sparkles often mistaken for real diamonds. Let's get real. You need to accessorize for the engagement party, bridal shower, rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and the honeymoon. Thankfully, Nadri has you covered with the perfect jewels for every occasion. Plus, if you need to find the perfect bridal party or mother of the bride gifts, Nadri's got you covered. Nadri jewelry is meticulously made like fine jewelry using the highest grade materials to ensure durability, shine, and that show-stopping sparkle that the brand is so well known for. When it comes to jewelry for your big day, you were in the best hands with Nadri. And best of all, you get 20% off your first order with code Bride, Valid now through June 30, 2024. Discount must be entered at checkout and cannot be combined with any other offer, promotion, or discount. Try Nadri for yourself by visiting nadri.com slash discount slash Betches Bride. Learn more, find the perfect jewelry and take the quiz to find out your bridal style on Nadri's wedding shop page. All new customers will get 20% off their first order on Nadri.com slash discount slash Betches Bride. That's N-A-D-R-I.com slash discount slash Betches Bride. And now it's time to ask our expert each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, I have Antonella Murley. She's the Area Director of Sales of Italy and Spain at the Belmont Hotel. How are you, Antonella?
2: Great.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. We're very, very excited. Antonella and I are here at the Engage Experience in Sicily. So we're both sitting here at the Belmont property in Sicily. It's absolutely lovely. The Grand Hotel. T-Mail. T-Mail. So, Kim, I know you're not going to Sicily, but there is a Belmont in Florence. So I wanted to talk, you're talking about guest experience and some cool activities to maybe add to your run of show and your timeline. Antonella, what would you suggest as like some fabulous experiences for Tuscany or Florence or in that arena?
2: So, I mean, honestly speaking, there is absolutely a lot of things that can be done in Tuscany. Um, In particular, we do have two properties in in Tuscany. We have Villa San Michele in Florence and Castello di Casole in the countryside. I always say that um, probably Florence, it is a destination itself. It's like a little gem on its own. So you go to Florence for uh, the Renaissance, the arts, the beautiful museums, an amazing shopping experience. But if you want to go to the countryside, then it is completely different. You have all these little medieval villages. You have this incredible, beautiful view over the hills and the vineyards. So there is absolutely pretty much everything that can be done. I'm not going to talk about uh, food and wine because this (laughs) is probably a little bit too, okay, too basic. We know that. Uh, But for sure at Belmont, what we always try to do especially because we are located in destinations that are very famous. So probably you think that a lot of people have already been to Florence. So what we always want to do is, first of all, understand exactly what the client is looking for, customize every single proposal, every single uh, idea, actually, then we can then discuss together. And we can go from opening private palaces, rent a Fiat Cinquecento and drive around uh, the hills, stop and visit some small, like little um, vineyards, not the most famous one, but the one that maybe are still doing things and the old way visiting some boutique where we still have the old uh, the old uh, um, men like doing, I don't know, shoes and papers, uh, perfumes, the real um, art crafts. Mm. And then of course, not to mention and not to forget wine tasting, cooking classes, mm-hmm. uh, oil tasting, which is something that maybe you do not expect, but uh, uh, oil as well in every single region has a different peculiar type of olives. Now, I'm not an expert. Uh, I prefer the Sicilian oil, so li- sorry because it's a little bit too spicy, but every single region. And so the oil itself has a very uh, different uh, taste and it's very fascinating to try it because you do not expect how interesting it can be.
0: Um, Kim, did you know there was a different taste of olive oil in different places of Italy? Not at all. Not at all.
2: (laughs) I had no idea. That is amazing. See, there is really a lot (laughs) that can be done that you 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 don't expect. I
1: love that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I I
1: love that.
0: And I think that's also like if you're not working at a at a hotel like a Belmont, I think it's. I sometimes I'm like go to their websites or even like do a visit when you go for a site visit. Go to a Belmont property. Stay there a couple of days or stay at any luxury hotel if you're not able to take all of your guests there, maybe check out some of those experiences and see like, oh, this one will be great for our wedding, even if you are staying at a private villa, because you're also your guests are sometimes not able to go um, out because they're at the wedding all the, all the time. So it's like you really want to bring those little Tuscan gems to them. And I think a great gift would be a perfectly Tuscan olive oil. Um, mm-hmm. to meet them in their rooms. Um, Antonella, tell us a little bit more about kind of getting from Florence. I think, Kim, are your folks flying into Florence or what? Are, where are they flying into? So people are flying into Rome and Florence, both. Okay. So traveling from Rome to Florence and from a, you know, again, from your background, like how do you guys usually move your guests to your properties in some of those places and what are some ways that our our listeners can maybe try and emulate some of those?
2: I mean, Italy is small, right? <laughs> right? It's not like the U.S., so you don't need to take a plane to go uh, all over, apart from Sicily. Um, <laughs> so basically, it, it's very it's very easy because um, if you don't want uh, your guests, your family, your friends to be on a car, maybe have a uh, have a, a driver uh, with the, with a with a car, etc., you can also move easily by train. I know that sounds a little bit uh, strange because, I, in, especially in the States, you are not used to travel much by train, correct? But in Italy, it is uh, it works very, very well. So from Rome to Florence, from Milan to Florence, from Florence to Venice, you can easily take one of our high-speed train. Mm-hmm. It is a, a national company, Trenitalia. Doing yeah. a little yeah. bit of commercial on that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Um, and let's say, like in a couple of hours, speed train, you are easily uh, from Rome. To from the city center of Rome to the city center of Florence. And from there, you can easily walk down to the city center or in a taxi, like our hotel, for example, is just 15 minutes, not even by taxi from from the railway station. So it is a very sustainable and uh, super way of traveling around Italy, very easy. And, Mm. And to get to the
0: countryside, would you suggest renting a car?
2: Again, it depends on if you're, if you're, willing if you are comfortable driving in a in a different country i'm not i don't even drive in my own country (laughs) but uh, um with all the the right information i would say that it could be a great idea especially because if you are then by car you can really go and visit the little village that is a little bit out of the beaten path you can just maybe somehow get lost and discover some amazing beautiful places that probably you were not expecting so yes the car could could be a, a solution if you do have a little bit of free time to go around and discover yeah and Kim, I know you said your your folks were gonna rent a car. how has that
0: been communicating to them that as an option
1: uh it's been fine I mean as long as they know that they have to get that international license which wasn't hard it's like twenty bucks like through I think your insurance maybe um it, it's easy, but you know it's just been people are kind of nervous still as it mm. is, you know, driving overseas.
0: Yeah. But it's also, we, they drive on the same side. So it's not, right. it's not a learning curve, <laughs> right? Right. but it's, it's, it's making sure that you select, if you don't know how to drive a manual car, it's making sure you select an automatic, which generally is a lot more expensive. So it's, it's factoring that in, but let's say your group is coming in and maybe they're not you know, we're going to do an airport pickup from Florence. Are there questions we need to ask maybe like different villas or places about the size of the, the vehicles? Or do you think, is there anything to notice about size of vehicles? I guess, because the is, is the highway a regular highway?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if we are talking about a, like a normal car, there are no issues, uh, meaning that we do have a, a wide um, highway path. So with big uh, big roads not the same as in los angeles we don't have six eight different alleys we just have three four let's say but it is absolutely easy to drive then of course you you need to go and visit the little villages then you do have small roads but still like normal roads uh it can be different if you want to maybe move around the gas on a on a minivan or on a bigger shuttle let's say then in this case I would recommend to check because some of the properties that are maybe located on the hills, that are um, historical places, mm. like ancient monasteries, like us, the road that goes up there, it can be a little bit small, then maybe you need to make sure that if you have a minivan, it's the right size. But by, by car, My car, no issues at all. Mm. Okay. What other questions
0: do you have about traveling to Italy and, or just in general, about a hospitality system?
1: From a hospitality standpoint, I would say just really, when should people start booking? Because I think like some of them are open, but even now, like I know that we had one guest try to book at the start of April and it wasn't open for booking. And then they tried to, to book this past weekend and it was full. And I thought that was interesting that in like two and a half, three weeks, the hotel was completely full is that like normal or good question good
2: question <laughs> so i always say the sooner the better that's let's say my golden rule Um the thing last year and this year as well the demand for italy is insane it's mm-hmm. really 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 high demand we probably have never experienced such an interest for the destination i mean we have always been a very interesting destination, but last year and this year, it's really, really uh, high. So it can, it, it, it can happen because uh, um, we saw as well in our properties that the demand, it is more last minute. So it's a sort of a trend. There is not this interesting and big lead time as we used mm-hmm. to have in the past. It is more last minute, also from the US, which is not so common. Normally, you do plan a little bit in advance. Europe, a little bit less. But now there is a lot of last-minute requests, so it happens that uh, the, the the availability in in the properties change by the day. Mm. Would you suggest that they work with a travel agency
0: who might have a little bit more contact directly with the hotel to to or what would you suggest so that they can stay on top of knowing when it's time to book, when it's right to book? Because what Kim was experiencing is the hotel said it's not available yet. She gave her guest the website nothing was ready and then all of a sudden it was ready and then
2: booked how do you prepare for how do you prepare your guests for that so we we call the travel agents we call them travel advisors Mm -hmm. because this is what they actually do we we, we, i personally don't believe that a travel agent is just someone that book a room is someone that can really help you fixing all these issues that you can have with booking a room with an Air flight, or whatever you can experience. A lot of agencies have also direct access. There are different ways, like GDS, etc., that they can book through. So, I always and I personally always travel with a travel agent. uh Not that I mean it's complicated to book a room uh, online directly on the website. I mean, that's easy. Everybody can do it. But if you have issues, if you don't find availability, if uh, there is something going on, a strike, whatever. Nowadays, strikes are so popular, right? Especially here in Europe. So, definitely the travel agent can help you fix the situation. In terms of availability, our hotels that are all seasonal, so meaning that they're closed in winter, but our reservation office is always open. So if you have issue maybe booking online for whatever reason, you can also try and call directly at the reservation office, for example, that we have in our our, um, company. And
0: that's it. I I love working with the travel agency as well, but I understand that, and also a travel agent doesn't necessarily cost anything to your guest. It's really a service. When I'm doing a destination wedding, I always just put, here are two travel agencies that we love. And that way it gives your guest the ability to... I love choose your adventure as my favorite phrase. Like Someone should put that on a t-shirt. But choose mm-hmm. your adventure because myself as a traveler, I never use a travel agency because I know I'm I'm fine. I get it. I've been to France when there's a strike before I had to spend the night in a whole nother country. Things are fine. I get it. I know to prepare for this. That's why I always fly to destinations multiple days in advance. So because I prepare for th- my flight not to make it there and my luggage to also not make it there. So I'm there early. And then, but for your guests, like you have family who has never traveled the country before, does not have a passport. They should definitely be working with a travel agency that's taking a commission from their tickets. So mm-hmm. that way they don't have to pay for that. And they can have someone to really call and say, I have no idea why I cannot book a room. And they, they shouldn't even be booking the room themselves. And also a great perk about a travel agent, other than that you don't have to really pay them sometimes, is they can give you some great deals on a good room. So they might have a connection at the Belmont and they're able to get you an, a complimentary upgrade. So lean on them as as advisors and that person to point you in the right direction to say, that road is too tiny. You're going to need a Vespa. You will not be able to get there through a Mercedes, baby. So it's, it's really like a, a travel advisor for those non-traveler guests that you have will be invaluable because you become the travel advisor when they don't have someone that can help them. And that's why you're getting all these calls about, the hotel's not available, why not? <laughs> because yeah. they, don't, they don't have anyone else to call but you. So put someone else in that seat as a resource. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. What I love about Belmont's and is that all of the properties are really authentic and unique and really curated specific to that destination. What are some ways that you guys kind of curate a guest experience once guests get to the hotel that people can, like Kim could maybe emulate at her villa? Like when guests arrive, what are some special touches you put in rooms and kind of those special treats of surprise and delight that really make a guest feel welcome and like excited to be in the
2: space? So this is, again, something that we customize as much as possible. So we always try to uh, understand the tastes of the client. I don't, I don't know if they prefer champagne instead of um, rosé wine, whatever. So we always try to know it in advance to make sure that everything that we deliver to the room or that we uh, we make ready when they arrive at the check-in, for example, it is personalized. So it's like if you know that... Uh, um your best maid loves uh, Prosecco. We make sure that she finds a glass of Prosecco when she arrives at, at the check-in and then maybe in the room as well. You are in Tuscany, you want your guests maybe to have as an amenity when they arrive because maybe they're tired, jet leg, whatever. So in the room, they can find a little piece of cheese, a little bit of Tuscan bread, a little bit of uh, ham from Tuscany. So they have this very first authentic experience as a little treat when they arrive. And all the rest is just really, uh, I know it sounds easy saying like, you just need to understand what they want and make it real. It sounds like, yeah, that's easy, right? It's not that easy, but uh, it is definitely the uh, the best way to do it.
0: I think that's a great tip. And also I tell people, don't focus on bringing so many things from the States for a welcome bag. Try to be as sustainable as possible and lean on the property that you're staying at or lean on the local village of where you are to find the things that are going to surprise and delight your guests when they arrive because it's also going to be way more economical to go to a local bakery and get some Tuscan bread or to go into the town so it's like arrive a few days earlier get those cheeses and like when we stay at those five star hotels and we walk into a room and it's got this beautiful spread it's generally very simple things like fruit and like breads and cheeses and a, a little bottle of wine and a bottle of water like those are very simple, refined things, but it's dep- it's how they're displayed that makes them seem elevated. So I think as a destination, I I'd identify the destination you're going. Like when I go to Anguilla, I'll ask the hotel, can you make me little rum cakes? And they're so inexpensive, but little rum cakes with a thank you note, it's sealed and done. And a thank you note in the room, and maybe your hotel is already doing something really lovely. I mean, I know you're staying at Villas, but if your hotel, work with the hotel where your guests are staying and say, do you automatically put something in the room? Write a thank you note and stick it next to the, that thing that the hotel is already providing and it makes it look like it was your idea. So, Kim, do you have any other questions from our hospitality guru here? <laughs> I, <like that>. well, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. you need a t-shirt that says that. I, w- I will do it.
1: I will do it. I'm wondering, though, with these other hotels, you know, would they generally be okay if I were to bring like, let's say they say, yeah, we don't really give anything outside of a bottle of water. Would they be
0: okay if I brought in the bread and the cheese to each room? You would have to ask. And ultimately, if it's another hotel like that, they may have some food and beverage regulations where if they serve something, they're liable. If something happens to the guest that has an allergy they're unaware about, I would definitely say ask them if that's something that you can drop off. But also just flagging, it is extremely important through that website, make sure you're gathering dietary restrictions like, yeah. and you're you are understanding some general preferences. A lot of times when you're staying at luxury hotels, they do send a quick questionnaire. It says, do you drink? Do you not drink? Are you vegan? Are you gluten free? Do you have a nut allergy? Do you prefer soy milk? So it's like consider creating one of those smaller, a smaller tier guest experience form of things that you want to know about your guest or, or some special VIPs. So that way you can truly make sure their experience is highlighted. I think specifically for you, the guests that have not traveled before, I would really focus on understanding what they think are amenities so you can really elevate their experience specifically as well. Super helpful.
2: Anything else? <laughs> Other questions? I'm ready. I'm the guru. <sighs> <laughs> um, you know,
1: what happens if, and I think I might know the answer to this, you know, to get to the Abbey, if they aren't going to drive and let's say they miss the bus, there's no, there truly is no way to get there, right? Like it's, there's no taxi really well, to.
0: Could the hotel So with this, I generally, so I'll call the hotel and ask them for a list of taxi numbers that are in the area. And I'll put those numbers on a sheet and I'll put them in the hotel room for the guest. It says, if you're stranded or if you need this, call this. But what should people know about calling a car in a different country? Because it doesn't come as fast as we think is when we're in New York.
2: (laughs) I mean of course it depends where you are yeah. so probably in the tiny little village in the in the center of Sicily for example maybe it can be difficult but uh, I mean wherever you are in Florence Siena as we were talking about Tuscany um it's easy you you do have a number you have stations where you can find a taxi there is a number that you can easily call there is app that can be used like free now etc that also international hub and they work in um, in, uh, in Italy as well we are not using Uber that much yet. Yeah. So in case you want to call an Uber, you can maybe do it in Milan. You cannot do it maybe in uh, on Amalfi Coast, let's say. So, uh, But for taxi, it's absolutely not a problem. If you are in Venice, though, your taxi will be a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and I would also just tell your guests to
0: prepare in advance because they're not going to understand that when they call for a taxi, it's not there in two minutes or five minutes. So it's preparing them to say... It's going to take, just even set the standard. It takes 30 minutes to get a car, to call a car. And it, again, that's all those things that you should put in a letter that's in their room that says, here are taxi numbers. The boat, le- the bus leaves at this time. If you are not there, you will have to arrange your own transportation. So I think it's just over-communicating that is going to be
2: key. Be- make sure they have some cash because not all the taxi, for example, accept Amex, for example, yeah. so if you have a little pocket money let's say it could be it could be useful okay speaking about cash
0: I, and i think there's a few banks that you can that you can sign up with so it's it's looking at some banks that will allow you to do those free transfers but i always suggest get money when you get there don't okay. try and bring a wad of cash from the states and convert it or what or yes you can go to your bank and get it in the right currency but What do you suggest?
2: I mean, as soon as you arrive in the airport, go to the ATM and get your cash. This is what I do when I'm traveling abroad. I'm not changing a lot of money and traveling with money, customs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Easy. As soon as you arrive, there are ATM everywhere. You just get your money.
1: Is there a maximum amount you can withdraw?
2: I think that this depends on your your account, on your bank. This depends on, on, Yeah. uh, yeah. So I
0: would strongly ad- advise to call in advance to your bank before you leave and let them know, what, yeah. hey, I'm planning a wedding. I'm going for a wedding. I'm going to need a lot of money. And so,
1: <laughs> a, lot. <laughs> so
0: a lot of money. So um, let them know what you're anticipating doing. And just also make sure you're there in enough days in advance that if you do, if you are hit with a limit, you're able to pull out the necessary cash each day. Mm-hmm. to get like, okay, this day I needed a thousand or the next day I need a thousand, but my limit's only a thousand for that day. Make sure you're planning your days of when you're gonna pull that money out and you can do it appropriately. Also pro tip and it depends on the hotel you're staying, but sometimes you can get money from your hotel and they'll charge it to your room. I know it's it's sometimes it's petty cash. It's petty cash that you can do in some places, if you need a cab and you didn't have cash, sometimes you can just pull a couple dollars, they'll charge it to your room. The interest is a little high, but if you're in a pinch, tell your guests if they didn't. That's another secondary option if they're staying at like a four or five star hotel that they can lean on reception to kind of be helpful. Because ATMs in the countryside of Tuscany are not really there that much. You're probably going to have better bet in Florence to get your money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: This is all very helpful. (laughs) Probably, as you said before, you have people coming from all over that probably have never been have never been there. Uh, I've never visited Tuscany or the country itself. So maybe giving them a little bit of time to discover around and actually planning something so that you have all the groups together, they know where to go and not just leaving them at least, you know, one occasion, go visit together a specific museum, go to the, together and do an activity so that it can also be this moment of enjoying the, the destination in the way that you want them to do. Because otherwise I can imagine that everybody wants to do his own things. But if you are willing to also have some special time together, you can easily organize something that can be done with the entire group and then spend a very, very magical moment. And on the other hand, I mean, Tuscany is a great location. You are basically in the middle of Italy. And from there, you can actually take the chance and spend a few more days in the destination because it's a long journey. And you can maybe just go to the Amalfi Coast, you can go to Venice. You can fly to Sicily. You can go to to Portofino, flying to to Genoa or by train to Genoa, and then fly back to Milan. You know, there is uh, it's small, and you can really you should take the the opportunity and stay a few more days and discover what we have beautiful in this country, which is mm. everything, pretty much.
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, any other questions or how are you feeling? Do you feel a little bit more prepared for your guest experience?
1: <laughs> oh, so much more prepared. And I am i just, I have all these notes where I'm like, okay, we can kind of pull it all in. Because at yeah. this point we are almost to, to May. So it, it's coming quickly. So coming I'm, quickly. I feel good. It's coming yeah. quickly now.
0: <laughs> but I think, you know, you lean on the resources that you have, but also again, look for that travel advisor that you think can really help you navigate the conversations with the players that really can make this experience easier for your guests. Because there's nothing worse than arriving in a country you've never been and feeling uncomfortable or feeling uneasy. So it's guest experience over everything. The moment mm-hmm. they get off the plane, someone should be walking, welcoming them with a sign. They should know exactly how to navigate from the moment they cross that baggage claim threshold. So as much as you can do, I'm excited for you. Congratulations in advance. Thank you. (laughs) But you you. got this. And and I really want to thank you for coming onto the show. And that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Kim, where can people follow along on your social media to hear and see more about your wedding?
1: Sure. K-L underscore Hawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S on Instagram. That's really the only thing I... I use um okay. you will definitely get to see all of the things. Oh the there things. awesome.
0: <laughs> all right. And Antonella of the Belmont, where can people find you?
2: So all our properties have got its own uh, of course, obviously, Instagram account, etc. But if you want to see my point of view on my properties, <laughs> uh my Instagram account is l-a underscore m-e-r-l-i-x. La Merlix. So, all right. Thank you so much for sharing that.
0: Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and till death do us part. Betches.